0: Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom so you can help your kids be imperfect too. And, and have, have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 43, 5050. And before I get into today's topic, we have a beautiful review written by Carl Deegs. Is that you? called Deeks. I'm sure her name is Colleen, I'm guessing. And she says, amazing, incredible, insightful, helpful. And I feel like I'm a completely different parent now. I highly recommend this podcast to every parent, both mom and dad should listen to this. Once you start, you won't be able to stop and you'll be anxiously waiting for the next episode. Love this. Thank you so much. And thank you so much because you're putting a tip in the tip jar and you are literally, it's comments like that and emails that you send me and tagging me in the social media posts that keep me going because I'm telling you, friends, this is not easy to put yourself out there every week. And I know you know that because there is an area in your life where you want to put yourself out there, whether it's helping people, starting a blog, writing a book, starting that workout program, and you're afraid you're going to be disappointed. So you just disappoint yourself in advance to avoid the feeling of disappointment. And I'm just here to tell you that disappointment is part of the human experience. I think one of the great things about what we're going through now is that everybody is going through it together. And there's that certain sense of community and that certain sense of I got your back and you got my back and you know what I'm going through. And I know what you're going through because we're all in it together. Because like if a hurricane hits or there's an earthquake in California or when the flooding was happening in Texas or the fires in Australia It's like all hands on deck for the hurting at that time. And we're all so focused and praying on that one area. But this is unique because everybody is hurting equally. And this is what we call a pandemic, but we don't want to have the panic in the pandemic. So I just want to remind you of that, the comforting feeling that you know that you're going through this with other people. And I understand what you're going through. Your neighbors understand what you're going through. Your spouse, your kids. The people you see at Walmart, they all get it because they're all going through it too. And that connective tissue of having the same story is what I want you to share with your kids when they're having a messy moment, that they will feel connected to you because you will understand the tricky emotion that they're feeling. And when I run these parenting boot camps every month, a resounding message I get from parents is they say, I'm so glad I'm not alone. And I hear that about the podcast too. When I talk about my unconscious years, when I was so enmeshed and codependent on my kids, and now I'm able to be detached at my ego level, because the word detached sounds very almost like cold or neglectful or far removed, but it's actually the opposite. Every single day, I want to detach at the ego level so I can attach at the heart level. Because I know that if I give that gift to my kids, then they're going to pass it on to their future relationships, and they're going to be able to give it to themselves. That they're not going to seek something outside of them to find their value and their worthiness. So I don't want to put that pressure on them, so they don't have to put that pressure on themselves. And when I start the Parenting boot camp every single month, I ask the same question. It's the ticket to get into the door. And I say, what do you struggle the most as a parent? And I wish you could see the answers over the last seven years of running the parenting bootcamp every single month for seven years and never missing a month because it brings me as much joy as it brings all of you that have done it. That's 84 months. That's a long time. That's a lot of data collection to ask the same question every single time when someone joins. What do you struggle most as a parent? And sometimes we have 100 people in the group. Sometimes we have 600. Sometimes we have 300. On average, it's about 150 to 200. So let's say 84 months times 150 is 12,600 answers to that question. And I wish you could read all 12,000 answers because they are all the same. And it's all coming from the ego, the fear of not being good enough. This is really good news because if we know that 12,600 people are feeling a certain way, what do we need to do to go against the grain, not follow the pack, not follow the herd, and live our very best life by not following our ego? Some answers I've heard over the years back talking, I yell too much, the kids don't listen, screen time, not, I wanna stop yelling. She's only 16 months old, but she's already starting to assert her authority. Very strong, strong willed. Everything is no. She wants to do everything herself and throws tantrums when we say no. Having my kids follow instructions. No one listens to me. I can't stop yelling. I have no patience. Children fighting with each other. The constant screaming, not listening. Siblings fighting, yelling, little patience, more yelling. What's this one? Oh, it says none. I have the best daughters one could ever ask for. And I looked at the name. Len Stout, my dad. Oh, my gosh. I think I was testing out the survey feature of my Google Forms, so I had him fill it out as a sample. This goes on for thousands and thousands and thousands. Yelling and being stressed over housework. Managing emotions. I don't know how to stop yelling. I don't know how to make my son do things without raising my voice. Patience. Yelling. Patience. Annoyed. Other children picking on my little kids and then the little ones screaming at them. Not enough patience. My children not listening to me. Patience. Losing my patience. I wish I had Patience. Being respected by a four-year-old, repeating myself over and over. I feel like a broken record. Talking back, constantly having to repeat myself, keeps embarrassing me in public. I'm getting tired of dealing with everyone related to the terrible twos. Patience, yelling, reacting instead of being in control. Yelling, yelling, discipline. No one listens to me. Our six-year-old is so strong-willed. And my husband needs help with how to deal with him. They end up arguing all the time. Do you understand this is my email on the regular, and I want to share this with you to make yourself feel better, that you're not alone and this is all fixable. And if I would have filled out this survey before, I would have said, the kids won't stop arguing, Lily talks back, she has temper tantrums all the time, Grady has ADD, he screams nonstop, I would just throw my kids under the bus over and over and over So I want you to kind of open your mind a little bit that this is just the brain doing the brain's job without consciousness. When we live in the unconscious part of our brain, that's 95% of our thinking. So it takes more effort to live in the conscious part of the brain where you're feeling your confidence, you're going after your dreams, you're living outside of your comfort zone, you're embracing the unknown, you're liking change, you have an abundant mindset. You act even though you're feeling fear. You're willing to explore new things. That's what the conscious part of the brain wants to do. The unconscious brain, part of the brain, the primitive part, the monkey mind, that's 95% of the brain. Without mind management, that's where most people live. That's where I lived for years, where I wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to people please. I was so insecure. I was so worried what other people were talking about me. I was gossiping. I was so worried what other people were saying about me. So I was constantly like walking on eggshells. And then when I'd be with a certain group of people, I would act a certain way. And then with a different group of people, act a different way because I just wanted to fit in so desperately. And I was just always playing it safe. And I was procrastinating. And I was numbing out. I was settling for less. And I was miserable because I was so afraid of feeling a negative emotion that I was having anxiety about my anxiety. I was so afraid of failure, so I didn't even try. I was so afraid of being disappointed. So the hard work that was going to bring me there was too scary because I don't want to be disappointed. So I disappointed myself in advance. But now I'm not disappointed about my disappointment or I'm not resisting anxiety. And it doesn't hurt as much, but it's still a 50-50 experience. No matter what level you're at, there's always going to be 50% amazing, positive, incredible, happy feelings. And then there's also on the other 50 going to be the negative ones that people run from. We're so afraid of feeling doubt or feeling despair or depressed or sadness or guilt or fear or shame or frustration or sadness or grief. And I'm here to say, let's feel all the feelings. And then they don't have so much power over us because we know that the feeling does not come from the circumstance. It comes from a sentence in our mind. So we know that when we think the sentence, when we say the sentence in our mind, I'm too fat, that releases lots of negative emotions of disappointment or sadness or shame or fear or depressed. And when we say the sentence in our mind, so we know that the scale is neutral. Even this pandemic is neutral. There's always blessings in the burden, and there's always burdens in the blessings. Your children are neutral. That's the biggest lesson I want you all to learn from all of this is that your children are neutral. How do I know? Because if that was your niece or nephew, you would be in a very low reactive state because you don't have an ego with your niece and nephew. Or if it was your neighbor's kids, or if you're a teacher, or if you're a coach, or you're a grandparent, or you were the counselor, that's how we know the child is neutral because you would be thinking different thoughts. So I like to tell you what people are struggling with so you know that the child is completely neutral. It's the thoughts we have about it. It's the ego roaring in the T-line. So when we can change the T-line, then that drives different feelings, which drives different actions, which drives different results. Everybody wants to know what are the strategies, Kelly? What are the strategies? And I can give you strategies till the cows come home, but the strategies in the A-line of the model will not work unless your thoughts are cleaned up about your child or about the pandemic or about the scale, or about your spouse, when we realize that the sentence is causing our emotion, then we don't give all our emotional power to the spouse, to the scale, to the kids, to the pandemic, to the house being quote unquote messy. It's always our thoughts about the house or the spouse, oh, that rhymes, or the kids, or the pandemic, or the neighbors. Or the people at Walmart. It's all neutral. That's really good news because then you can know that your emotions come from sentences in your mind and not from all those external factors, not from your children. Then you give all your emotional power away if you blame it on the children, blame it on the spouse, blame it on the house, blame it on your parents, blame it on your grandparents, blame it on your teachers, blame it on your boss. When we come from blame and shame, then we are the victim and outside of us is the villain. When there is no victim villain story, then you can be okay with feeling the negative emotions, but not having negative emotions about feeling negative because you know that's 50% of the human experience. Now, I don't mean that you're gonna spend your day from eight to one feeling positive experiences and then one to eight feeling negative experiences. It's not like that. It's that you have 50% of your entire life will be filled with negative, tricky emotions, annoyed, resentment, impatience, mad, sadness, guilt, frustration, shame. And then you can label it for what it is and let it rise up and feel the vibration and then it doesn't have such a pull over you. And in this pandemic, this is practicing the 50-50 experiences on steroids. Because I feel like there's two camps out there. You're either positive patty or you're negative Nellies. And the positive patties are saying the negative Nellies are bringing them down. And the negative Nellies are saying the positive patties are annoying and they're not in touch with reality. What if we can be both during the pandemic? What if we can find the blessings in the burdens and the burdens in the blessings and give equal airtime to both? It's like being on a seesaw And it's not that you're bipolar and feeling like a tennis match both at the same time. You can feel them both throughout your day and not try to push them away, not try to buffer them away, not try to drink them away, smoke them away, eat them away, news them away, and just feel them. And then you'll be like, oh, this is loneliness. Oh, this is boredom. My kids tell me when they're bored. I'm like, I love being bored. It's very challenging to be bored sometimes. But the more I allow myself to be bored, I'm like, oh, this is boredom. Okay, I can do boredom. I've done boredom before. There's not a human being that I know on this planet that hasn't felt bored before or shame or frustration or envy or depressed or sadness. I used to watch those commercials for the depression medicine. And it would say, do you ever have thoughts of being sad? I'm like, yes, I do. And it would like go all the things. I'm like, well, now I feel really sad seeing all this. And have you ever met a depressed person on antidepressants and they're still depressed? Have you ever met someone with anxiety and they're on anti-anxiety medicines and they're still have anxiety? This is because a pill will only put the dragon in the basement. I'm not saying not to take the pills. I'm saying to use that as one part of the entire human experience. It is a way to help, but pushing and resisting and saying there's shame or guilt because of it is where you're going to cause more pain within yourself. And it's almost like I go back to the family feud edition, that what about if you were on a family feud team and you put your emotions in family feud and you put all of them on your team at the same time? So fear, boredom, Love, abundance, all on the same team. And then right at the fifth little spot is courage. Because I think it feels, it's a lot of courage to feel fear. It's a lot of courage to feel love. You need courage. Courage can go on either the positive or negative because it's, courage means you're gonna put yourself out there and be vulnerable. Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's with a relationship with yourself, whether it's to feel the boredom and not eat the boredom or watch TV around the clock boredom. Because when we resist that emotion and that negative emotion, then we suffer more. So something like the pandemic, the sky doesn't have to be falling and it doesn't have to be all rainbows and unicorns either. It can be both. That's the 50-50 experience. You can feel fear for your loved ones if they're on the high risk list, or maybe you're on the high risk list list, high risk list. Because what is fear? Fear comes from a sentence in our mind. I am scared because I'm on the high risk list. And I'm scared because I have asthma, that I am more at risk. So from that sentence, you feel fear. So then you breathe into the fear and you just feel it. And it's a vibration going through our body and it's part of the human experience. So you can have fear about your loved ones or about yourself while feeling gratitude for having extra time with the family. This is such a gift. If you looked in our neighborhood right now, It looks like we're training for a 5K. Everyone's on bikes. There's strollers galore. Dogs are getting walked. People on rollerblades. People are running. People are walking. I'm like, what is going on? I think they're all out at once. It looks like we're running a 5K. I'm like, is there a race going on that I don't know about? And it's so inspiring. And I'm getting to know my kids on such a deeper, more relaxed level. And David and the kid and even Maggie, I feel like I know better. Maggie doesn't know what to do with herself because there's so many people she wants to love. She's just rotating from room to room to room. And it's okay to feel uncertain about when this will all end. But also, aren't you inspired by seeing your community come together? The Facebook community that you're in or your neighborhood or just neighbors helping neighbors? Or even when you're at Walmart, you can just feel the energy. And I always say Walmart because my dad is obsessed with Walmart. And we can feel uncertain about The school is closing because we've done uncertain before, haven't we? I know I have through the infertility days, shopping for a house, trying to get out of the moldy house. If you've ever been through a divorce or you've ever lost someone or you've ever been waiting on test results, that's the feeling of uncertainty. So when I go to feel uncertain, I wonder, I wonder, oh my goodness, I just don't know. That's what my brain does. I'm like, it's okay, love. You've done uncertain before. Uncertain is okay. Then do you see how that's different than I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Let me go eat some ding-dongs. Because you can always see if you're buffering because we don't ever feel the feeling of uncertainty and all of a sudden crave crave, carrots. Does that ever happen to you? Because it's never happened to me. So you can always be on to yourself and talk to yourself with humble, kind, compassionate energy. And you can actually stick up for yourself and not talk so negatively about yourself. Because I know if someone was gossiping about me and talking, saying bad stuff about me, my sisters would be like, listen, girl or boy, whoever you are, you not, you not don't come up in here and talk say that about my sister. And you have someone in your life that sticks up for you like that, and I would do the same for them. Make sure that you're doing that for yourself and being conscious of the thoughts and the messages and the things you're whispering to yourself. Because that, my friends, is very contagious and kids pick up on all of it. So it's okay to be sad about the school's closing. I'm very sad about the school's closing and Grady's baseball season pretty much being over and Grady's and Lily's volleyball season being over. I'm supposed to be at a tournament right now in Miami. I was certain I was going to be at that tournament today in Miami. Guess what? I'm not. So I wasn't so certain after all. And I can be sad about all that. But also loving to watch my kids as they're so resilient and watching all the kids, because I'll ask on Facebook, what are you, how are your kids adjusting to all this? And all of them are saying, for the most part, they're so resilient. They're just going along with the flow. That's because their brains aren't fully developed like ours. That's why we can use them as, as our inspiration and still allow them to be sad at the same time. Lily's birthday fell during the pandemic. She was crying about it before her birthday. And I was like, it's okay to be sad. Because most of the time when our kids are sad, mad, depressed, we just want to make it all better. It's going to be okay. We'll celebrate in June. We'll celebrate in July. It's going to be okay. I'll get you all these presents. It's okay. It's okay. Don't feel sad. We'll do it. What do you want to do? And I did that, but not from a place of I'm going to make it better, but from a place of like, this is 50-50. Yes, it completely stinks. Let's be sad about it. And then how do we want to find the blessings in this burden? So do you see how you can feel 50-50 at the same time? We don't always have to make our kids feel better. Because when we feel sad with them, when we feel mad with them, when we feel depressed with them, when we feel anxiety, when they're feeling anxiety, then that normalizes it for them. Just like when I was reading those surveys and telling you what other parents are struggling with, and that me too energy is like, oh, I'm not alone. Then it doesn't feel so scary. And when it's not so scary then it's not something we have to run away from and push from because we know that's part of the human experience. And 50% of it is going to be those emotions that have that vibration that just go through your body and you're like, oh my goodness. But when you don't push them away, then they don't feel so big. And it's okay to feel lonely. And what does lonely feel like? I know I've felt lonely before. Lonely is usually a disconnection within self because I know many people Who live in a house with five or six people and they still feel lonely or they're in a marriage where they feel lonely and their spouse is always with them why is that that's because the relationship with ourself is feeling detached and we're lonely not spending enough time with ourself so we've all felt lonely before so instead of pushing away lonely let's just feel lonely the emotion of lonely i know i've felt it before and it's not so scary it's almost like when you're scared of the dark turn on the lights in the, in the dark and then see what you were scared of whenever my brain starts ruminating and percolating and what if what if what if i'm like oh let's play out that scenario what if the kids don't go to school in 2020 okay well then they'll go to school in january so i don't it doesn't get so scary because i'm not scared of the dark because the lights are on when my brain goes to those crazy places i play out all the scenarios Because I know that the worst case scenario is that a sentence will go in my mind, and then I'll have a vibration that follows it. That's the worst thing that can happen. I've felt all these emotions before. Because when I'm able to feel my emotions more, they have less power, and then I allow my kids to feel those emotions, and I'm not so uncomfortable seeing them uncomfortable. So we want to make sure we're giving equal airtime to the positive patties and the negative Nellies at the same time within our own relationship with ourselves being in lot seesaw, having family feud game and they're all on the same team versus it's sadness against happiness, frustration against joy. It doesn't have to be in competition when they can both be in the car at the same time. Then you can see fear come up. Oh, I see you, fear. I see you. Come on, get in the car. Because that's our ego. That's our unconscious part of the brain. That's the part of the brain doing the brain's job. The kid's part of their ego isn't so developed as, and strong as ours is. So that's why we can look at our kids and be like, oh, I used to feel like that. I used to know what that was like to just go with the flow and be super resilient and bounce back from anything. Oh, I used to do that. I can still do that. And then the brain starts to trust you to become more conscious because it's very scary to live a conscious life. But I feel like it's scary to, scarier to live an unconscious life. And I love this quote by Lisa Oliveira. She says, a soft reminder as we enter a new week, we, all of us, are going through a collective traumatic experience. Trauma is often thought as too much too fast, which is exactly what's happening. Of course you're exhausted. Of course you're afraid. Of course you're overwhelmed. Of course you're clinging to certainty in the midst of so much unknown. Of course you aren't as productive, feeling foggy, or wondering how you can possibly go through so many waves of emotion all in the same day. This all makes so much sense in the context of our circumstances. This is my favorite part. Be gentle with yourself. Have compassion for your process. Give yourself grace. You are good no matter how you are managing this completely new experience. We are all learning to walk again and learning to walk for the first time. So instead of pushing it all away, and I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be feeling this, I shouldn't be feeling this. My mom used to tell me when I was sad, she'd say, just lay on the couch and lick your wounds. And what she was saying is, just feel your feelings, Kelly. You don't necessarily want to stay on the couch for the rest of your life and lick your wounds, but give yourself that time to feel your feelings. Then they don't feel so scary and don't have such a hold on you. And if you weren't taught as a child how to do that, what a great chance to learn now. So then we can pass it on to our kids. And the best way I know how to teach this to them is when they're having a messy moment, go straight to the emotion they're feeling, connect with them on the emotion they're feeling, and just see the behavior as a language to you. And then the behavior will change because you always want to aim to change the behavior, but you never want to change the emotion. Because the more we allow it, the less it happens, less intensity, less frequency, And it's like a blip on the radar. It's over before it started. And it's everything's NBD. No big deal. Because when it's no big deal to us, it's no big deal to them. But when we match our energy with their high reactivity energy, that is gas on a fire. And I only know this because I live this. And now I don't. And it's joyous. Because through their negative emotions about the popsicle flavor being the wrong flavor, I can kind of see it from a bird's eye view, and then I can be in touch with more of my emotions, and then my relationship with myself gets even stronger, and then I have my own back, and the girl in August is going to be really happy about the girl in April. So have that relationship with yourself, have that integrity, have your own back, and your life will change forever. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. (music) Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting boot camp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was. What was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.